0: In today's episode we will finish out our discussion on second peter chapter 1 verses 16 to 21 and we're just going to look at the last two verses of this verses 20 and 21 knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit This falls under the third uh, main point of this section, and remember, we're being governed by this idea that Christians must always appeal to the proper authority when declaring their message or the gospel, right? We saw, first of all, other sources would claim to have that authority, but they don't actually have it. Then we looked at the idea that some people speak the truth about certain events, so we're talking about experiences. Are we denying that people have experiences? No. No. Not at all. In fact, Peter had an incredible experience, probably one of the most incredible experiences in all of creation history, where he saw Jesus transfigured before him. So it is possible to speak the truth about it, but then we see that that experience that Peter had is not necessarily the right and final authority. And so that led us into this third point, that's verses 19 down through 21, that proper authority actually lies with the word of God more than an experience. And so we ended the last episode starting to talk about this point, And there's three sub points to that. Number one, All believers have access to this authority, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. We looked at what that means, and then we saw that all believers need to hold to this authority— to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Now we come to the final sub-point of this, that all believers should understand the God-ordained process by which the scriptures were given, verses 20 and 21 this doctrine of that the falls under bibliology, how we got the Word of God, is very, very important. And this is one of two key texts, and there are others that we go to, but uh, th- this is one of the key texts that tell us exactly how inspiration works. You know, people are wondering, is it mechanic dictation? You know, w- what exactly is going on here? And so we can derive a few points for our understanding of this process from these verses. Number one, we see the univocal nature of Scripture. Univocal. (laughs) Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, we break it down, uh, vocal, kind of self-evident, means voice, right, voce. So uh, voice uni is one, so the one voice, the one voice nature of Scripture. Uh, what do we mean by that when we use a word like that? Well, in verse 20 says, first of all, this is what we're supposed to know that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Uh, We don't have a lot of different views of scripture and, uh, and scripture doesn't have many different meanings. It has one meaning. Okay. But, but before we even get to that, let's look at this first phrase, knowing this first of all. There is a, a huge priority here. The first priority when it comes to understanding the process by which the Scriptures were given uh, is that we need to we need to get down to the basics here and we have to understand how Scripture is interpreted and its meaning. So that's the first priority in this, is knowing this thing first of all. What is the thing that we have to know? That Scripture has one meaning. That's what we mean when we say the univocal nature of Scripture. No prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. We don't dream it up, nor do we interpret it. Now, we can say this about scripture, that scripture has many, many, uh, potentially an endless and infinite amount of applications, but it has one meaning. The idea of someone's own interpretation means uh, that what the biblical authors wrote was not just their own opinions or ideas or personal interpretations of the event that they saw or the messages that they penned. Uh, This isn't their interpretation. They're giving what God intended to be given and exactly the way God intended it uh, to be given. So you have the univocal nature of Scripture. Scripture has one meaning. Well, And along with that, we have to add to this that Scripture is given by divine inspiration. And this is a very important topic that has fallen under attack, I would say, since the early Church and and more of late in the last 200 years since uh, some of the the liberal schools of theology, like the Tübingen School in, in Germany and, and so forth, when we got to textual criticism and, and things like that, then people started to attack divine inspiration, and that's carried forward. But that's nothing new. I mean, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. The scripture has been attacked for a long time, uh, and it's just come under somewhat recent in our days you know like i said the last 200 years this idea of of a more recent attack but again it can withstand any of those onslaughts one of the beauties of scripture and this whole doctrine of divine inspiration is that you know the cohesiveness of Scripture, and we could look to other things. This is not meant to be uh, a whole systematic treatise on the topic of bibliology and inspiration, but we want to see what Peter says and more accurately what God says through Peter uh, with regard to this topic. And so what we find under this idea this doctrine of divine inspiration is this what he says that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation verse 21 for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man what does he mean well first of all let's look at this no prophecy there's not one page of scripture not one sentence of scripture that we have in the bible the 66 Inspired books of the Bible. There's not one of them uh, that was produced by the will of man. Uh, no man sat down and said, "Okay, I'm going to start writing a religious text." And then a hundred years later, somebody said, "I'm going to pick up this work." And then after a two or three hundred year gap, some others said, "I'm going to contribute a little bit more to this work." And we're going to try and make sure that we all have everything, uh, you know, lined up the way it should be, so that there's no errors or anything. Uh, not one of this, whether it's the book of Job or even the Song of Solomon or Proverbs or Jeremiah or Hosea or Malachi or any of the New Testament books, whether it's Revelation or Daniel with regards to ap- apocalyptic literature or the gospels or the epistles, not one of them was produced by the will of man. There's a great mystery here with regard to the doctrine of inspiration. We have a book that is made up of 66 different books, It's authored by over 40 different people over the course of over 1,500 years. (laughs) That in its own right is absolutely mind-boggling. There was no way for Moses to collaborate with Ezekiel or Daniel or Isaiah or Zechariah or Matthew or John or Peter or Paul. Couldn't happen. And so you have to think through those things when people say oh this is just a man-made bible. No, it's it's statistically impossible. And we know that these you know, we can date these things according to history and archaeology and all kinds of other things. We can date these books to certain time frames and there's no way that these guys could all collaborate together and yet they all agree. Yet the sum of the Bible is one cohesive message that does not contradict itself. It has never been corrected to adjust for errors. There is no revision. We're not on the Bible, you know, version 22.5 or whatever. That's not the way it works. And that in itself, I mean, we could spend an entire episode talking about that because what we mean by that, right, is that the, the, the core message of the Bible has never changed, it's never contradicted itself. And what exactly is the core message of the Bible? That God is an eternal being uh, who's sinless and perfect and holy, and he created all things for his own will and for his own pleasure, right? We, We know all of that because the Scripture tells us that, and he created man in his image. We would not know that we were created in the image of God had God not told us that we were created in the image of God. Uh, we would not understand those things if God had not told us. And what's more, he tells us why there's sin in the world. Why do human beings commit crimes? Why do we murder one another? Why do we rob? Why do we steal? Uh, Why do we covet things? Why, Why does this happen? Why is there sin in this world? Why is there sickness in the world? Why is there death? Well, you know, we're not left to just deduce that of our own reasoning and powers of observation. God tells us explicitly that death comes because of sin. And not only that, but the message then of the Bible is that God has made a way for the forgiveness of sin. He has made a way for mankind to be redeemed, to be reconciled to himself. And the way he did that was through the man, the, the man Christ Jesus, Jesus, our Lord, who is truly God and truly man. That is the message of the Bible. And along with that, concurrent with that, God also says, oh, not only will I tell certain people at certain times future things, right? When some of the things that he revealed to the prophets of old were with regard to things that were in the near future that we can now look back at as past events, but God has still spoken to us about the future. And in fact, he's going to speak to us about the future in this letter a future which you and I still look to as future with regard to all of creation and this world. And the the message of the Bible is, yes, there can be reconciliation between sinful man and holy God, but that God will one day judge all sin and this world that is cursed by the effects of sin. That message has never changed, not once. And no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Now, with regard to the will of man, you know, we've looked at this great mystery of inspiration. What do we say here? The Bible claims to be not one, uh, but a series of messages about God, uh, beginning with the earliest prophetic deliverances of the Old Testament through the last of our Lord's apostolic witnesses, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and Hebrews 2, 1 to 4. The gospel of Christ was promised in the Old Testament, um, John chapter five, verse 39, Romans one, one to three, uh, the, fulfilled and spelled out plainly in the new Testament, Romans one, 15 to 17, Luke 24, 25 to 27 and so forth. The scriptures are are made a complete guide to what we must believe as well as the information that we need for service and holy living 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 that's the other key passage there talking about inspiration and how this came about there is also imponderable mysterious power in the scriptures When read in the vernacular language of any people and made known by preaching and teaching, the power will convert and reform individuals while also improving and refining their morals, manners, economy, and material culture. Such is the power in the Bible, the written Word of God. Uh, So writes Robert Duncan Culver in his Systematic Theology. Uh, We quoted him uh, on the last episode. So what does it mean here when it says not by the will of man? Well, as we look into this, another commentator wrote this. In other words, human initiative was not behind the creation of biblical books. We kind of talked about that earlier, right? No one decided to go out and do this. So what Peter is doing here is he's affirming very directly that when the human authors wrote, it was God speaking through them. This is similar to David's testimony. The spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse two. Very, very important. So what does the will of man or self-initiative come up with today? Well, today the will of man says that man is basically good. You've probably heard that before. So how would someone ever even conceive of God, sin, justification, and penal substitution when we are inclined to think better of ourselves than we ought to? We are not going to come up with a statement like we find in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick and wicked. Who can know it? We're not going to say that about ourselves. This is not done by the will of man. But true prophecy, that is the word of God, did not come about through human initiative. It is God who initiates, right? And that brings us to this idea uh, that not only has man not initiated any of the prophecy at all, that that is any of the the book, our canon, but God is the principal source. So we see this when we, we read this, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, Okay. So God is the principal source. Men speak from God. God is the source of the words that they speak. And we see that they are carried along by the person or the agent acting as the agent of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit moves in them. They are carried along and moved and they speak the words that God has given them to speak. This expression carried along is the same as that used in the book of Acts to describe a ship being moved along by the wind, Acts chapter 27, verse 15 and 17. And in the writing of scripture, it was the prophet communicating God's word through his pen. It was also the spirit moving continually to convey God's word through the prophet. In the end result, that which was written was fully the words of the human authors in their language and style. And from their personal perspectives, but it was under the direct superintendence of God by his spirit, producing on the page, the very words of God. The ultimate product is the divine inspired and errant and authoritative words of God on every page of all 66 books of the Bible. That is incredible. That's from uh, the the book, Biblical Doctrine uh, by Richard Mayhew and John MacArthur. Uh, just incredible uh, summary there of what it means that they are carried along by the Holy Spirit. Only God could do this where he could work through the man's perspective, who is the author, and, and their writing style, allow them to write in the way they do. That's, that's why there's such a distinct marked style between, like John Mark, when you read the Gospel of Mark, very different to read that in Greek than to read any of Paul's writing, or to read Matthew's writing, or to read what Luke has to say and how Luke writes. They have very distinct styles that emerge that reflect their personality, and yet God can work through that, and through his Spirit directing them and carrying them about, uh, they still produce the exact words that God wanted them to produce. There is one other question that we could talk about, but we just don't have time, and that is, is the canon complete? In other words, what we're asking by that is, does God still give more scripture today or is the canon closed? Because that's really what's in view. Not only is what's in view here the final authority. Does does the written word of God trump our experiences? Does it have final authority over even experiences and dreams and visions? And the answer is yes, it does. Right? Uh, Peter had an incredible experience, and he says not even that can compare with the fullness of the Word of God and and revelation, which is final and authoritative. But then he says this is how Scripture came into being, and we have to understand that Scripture is divinely inspired so that we can actually exegete something like the uh, the transfiguration. And, and Jesus' transfiguration. We would know nothing of the things that we know of it were it not for other parts of Scripture. So then he tells us how it is that Scripture came into being, and it's through divine inspiration, which is what the topic has been this entire episode. But is God still giving Scripture today? And we have to say no, because there are certain marks of Scripture, all right? So when you go into a church and people are claiming to have a word from the Lord the word from the lord i mean there there are some tests that we can run these things by and through right and and some of them are does it contradict scripture and if it does contradict scripture then we know for certain it's not a word from the lord secondly uh you know is are there confirmation signs in the scripture uh, of this also being scripture there are certain marks for canonicity again that's a discussion for another day but i would say that Everything falls short of that in what people are claiming as today. And if it's just a repeat of what the Scripture is saying, then does it really count as new new inspiration and new canon? Should it be recorded as a new book and then the councils be opened back up to examine these things? We have to look at the authorship. We have to look at the signs that confirm those things, because with every section of Scripture that we're given, we have authors named. We have uh, divine signs and miracles that accompany the giving of revelation, uh, both in the Old Testament and even in the New, and even in the New Testament time when it's transitioned to the church and you have the time of the capital A apostles, all of that, right? It all has to be present. And so we're saying that, A, we don't have the ability to confirm any of those things. We have no indication that any of that's happening today. And if somebody says that they claim to have a word from the Lord and it says exactly what the scriptures say. I have a word from the Lord. This is God's will for you, even your own sanctification. Uh, Well, that's already been said in scripture, so you can't say that that's new, right? So we we have to come at this with a balanced approach. I know that it will end up stepping on toes and it will make some people uncomfortable because they have grown so accustomed to having this experience and the euphoria that accompanies certain types of experiences and the emotions that go with them but again i want to point you back to this particular section of scripture verses 16 to 21 and recognize that the thing that always trumps your experience and your emotions every single day of the week and every week of the year right the thing that will trump that every single time is the word of god And we must appeal to the right authority, because proper authority lies with the Word of God and with the Word of God alone. And that's where we'll end this discussion with regards to the Doctrine of Inspiration today. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.